Welcome to The Real Estate Diplomats, and I'm your host, Aaron Maslansky. Today, I'm speaking with Lauren Cohen, and Lauren has a podcast called Investing Across Borders. She is an attorney, she's a realtor, she's based in Florida, and she's from Canada. She's got a really interesting perspective on global real estate because she's done the move and she helps many people set up businesses, move to the US. And she's also in Florida, which is an interesting place to talk about right now because many people within the United States and around the world have been moving there over the course of the pandemic. So we get into a lot of different interesting things. She talks about her experience with COVID and her potential singing career. Um, but uh, in all seriousness, great conversation, and I hope you'll get a lot out of it. Before we start the show, let's talk about something you may be thinking about. Do you think about living and working remotely or about retiring to a distant paradise? Have you thought about buying real estate around the world? If so, did you know that I am a certified international property specialist and resort and second home specialist? I have access to an exceptional network of real estate professionals around the world that I can refer you to who will help you safely buy and sell global real estate. And if you live in the Chicagoland area, I can help you with your real estate needs directly as a realtor with Dreamtown Realty. Head over to therealestatediplomat.com to schedule a free consultation so I can learn more about what you are looking for and direct you to your dreams. Now, let's start the show. Lauren, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Aaron. Thanks yeah, for well, me. thank you for being here. And it's great to be here to be able to interview you because you've gotten to interview me for your show, which mm -hmm. is so cool. I mean, it's somewhat similar, investing across borders, but there's a lot more to it in terms of legal and setting up a business and all those types of things. And that's why I wanted to have you on my show, because I think for many people who are looking to invest, let's say, into the United States, there's a ton of questions of what comes up. So you, you just provide a wealth of information in your show and everything that you do online. I mean, it's, it's really amazing. How did you, you know, start this? What uh, got you motivated to do this? So what motivated me, or I, I don't even know the, the specific answer to the question, because there are so many different things that motivated me. But the one kind of catalyst that caused me to realize that I didn't want to be an in-house lawyer anymore, but rather wanted to do something and have an impact on people from other countries, particularly my home country of Canada, was when my ex-husband, who at the time was my husband, was deported on our return trip from our honeymoon. Oh boy. And when that happened and they said he's not admissible, and I was like, what? And I was clueless because I didn't know much about I was in the process of getting my green card at the time, but I didn't know much about the whole immigration process. And so I thought, well, this is something that needs work. <laughs> yeah. So I developed a business around it and it's been you know, I've I've hit a lot of walls and gone forward and scaled and not scaled. And it's been up and down and up and down. And COVID definitely impacted us, first of all, negatively, because we were obviously people weren't really investing across borders. They weren't investing at all. Right. They were panicking. And I I just stuck it out. And now we're super, super busy with people from I just got a making client yesterday a British client the other day and Canadians just keep on coming. So, Why do you think people are coming uh, to the US now? So I think part of it is that I developed a signature program, which is what connected us. 
called How to Immigrate Through Real Estate. And so people are like, oh, wait, I'm a real estate investor. Well, I'm a realtor Mm -hmm. like you, but I'm also a lawyer. So they were like, oh, there's a way to use real estate and actually immigrate, or there's a way to invest in the U.S. without immigrating. How does that work? What do I do? What are the steps? And I actually created, and I'll share with you to share with your audience, the 10 steps to successful real estate investing in the U.S. Because when you're coming from another country, it's not like you automatically have a tax ID and social security and a bank account and all these things. You have to go through initial steps and figure out what structure is right for you, especially if you're staying in your home country, because you don't want to be paying the the tax person, the IRS, Uncle Sam, whatever, all of the money that you're making. You want to keep it for yourself or else what's kind of the point? Right. So, I mean... There's different programs like EB-5 and different things that people learn about, and they could be used as, as ways to finance a development. I mean, for the layman, yeah. what, what does that even mean? So there are two sides to any foreign investor investment. One side is the investment, and the other side is the company into which the investment goes. So EB-5 is a program where many, many, many U.S. companies, particularly hotels and assisted living and restaurants and larger projects. And actually, recently, a lot of substance abuse projects were raising money from foreign investors, creating jobs, foreign investor gets a green card as a result of their investment and the job creation. Very big opportunity. And they it's, been, it's had its ups and downs over the past couple of years. It's going to come back again once the, you know, when we have an economic shift post-COVID, whenever right. that might be. And it's actually, there's a lot of demand for it now. I've noticed an increased demand. So EB-5 is a program, like I said, E stands for employment. EB-5 stands for employment-based fifth preference category of a green card process. That's what EB-5 So basically, you know, it's where someone's wanting to build a, a development project, let's say a hotel, and they have to go out and find people who want to come and get a green card in the United States and then invest money into the project or they just pay money or yeah. do, do they get a return? No. Um, yes, but it can be low. It can be as little as one to 2% because really their ROI is the green right. card. Right. So a lot of now, right now the the project based EB five is on hold called the regional center program. The big projects are kind of on hold there. We're expecting to see them come back in the new year, but they were, put on the back burner for a while. So it's only direct investment, meaning I invest in your business. Now, when I say regional center, it's the projects where the foreign investor invests and the job creation be directly with the hotel or facility, as well as incidental jobs that are created, induced jobs and other jobs. So it's it's complicated. There's an economist involved. Let's just suffice it to say that the EB-5 program is very complicated. I have a great little video that explains it for you. But essentially, it is a program that allowed these U.S. businesses to raise significant sums of capital, billions and billions of dollars, create billions and, well, not billions, but lots and lots of jobs, because you have to correlate 10 jobs to each investor's investment. Okay. Now I have a lot of people that are looking to actually build businesses and get an EB-5. Maybe there's an E-2 in the process to an EB-5. An E-2 is the most common visa available through treaties with Canada, Britain, France, Israel many countries in Europe and South America and Mexico, for example. And then you invest a substantial amount of money in a non-marginal business. And that's where the real estate, the immigrate through real estate comes from, 
because you can build a real estate pro- profile and portfolio and be actively involved in managing your, your investments and hire people and potentially get a visa. There are also some complementary businesses that I like. I'm actually interviewing a guy on my Facebook page in 20 minutes about one of these complementary businesses that works perfectly for the E2 for real estate investor. So it's all about knowing your audience, knowing what their needs are. Because EB-5, for example, this path to a green card has a very long queue. So for people that want to come in fast, and let me tell you, the Canadians don't want to wait. If they want to come in, they want out now. They've had enough of lockdown. So they're coming in and they want to be here now and they don't even want to leave. And there is a way to come in and not leave through a change of status visa, but that's a whole other story for... Suffice it to say that there's a lot of options. It's extremely complicated and you need a professional team to guide you through it. Obviously, you need a lot of knowledge of what to do and you you have it. How did you gain this knowledge? I mean, it sounds like you came into the U.S. I don't know. You know, your your ex-husband was going to get kicked out. Were you in... He He did did get kicked out and not he was going to. He did. He was put in jail on the way back from our honeymoon. I mean, this is a real story. It's not like I'm making this. You you can't can't make make this stuff up, you know? But did you have immigration law experience before or did you just like... No. Other than my own personal stuff and just doing my, like, you know, working with my lawyer, I actually paid somebody to do my own citizenship and now I do them for everybody else. So... No, I didn't have immigration experience, but I had a lot of business experience. And the visas that I mainly work with are business focused. They're business, they're investment visas, they're figuring out what business makes sense. And of course, I also am a second generation realtor. And even though I haven't been an active realtor, I'm now an active realtor producing. I'm not, you know, I'm not listing property, but I'm definitely working with buyers, investing in commercial and and single family homes all over the country and for that matter the world i have one bot, one investor that invests in mexico costa rica belize and the us and canada and you know so it's just about like kind of finding my my why i guess and having worked in corporate law and being an immigrant myself it just all the pieces came together and and real estate yeah i mean it's it, it allows you to be so entrepreneurial where you can be involved in all these different types of businesses and how did you or how long have you been really involved on the social media end of things? Because you're always doing something. It's it's amazing. Like you've you've got your tell us about your Facebook group and your your e-council, all these types of things. Well, it's all about your team, right? And it's also about finding that path and also not paying attention to too many squirrels because there's a lot of them. I was just asked to become a partner in a mortgage business and I had to say no because it's just not as much as I have clients that are looking for mortgages, just I can only do so much. I'm also a single mom. So, you know, it's a little challenging, but the, the reality is like for social media, it's necessary. It's necessary if you're building a business. So I've tried different tactics and different things. And now I have an internal team and an external team. And each team does different things. And I also have one of my realtor partners who's in Tucson, Arizona, is helping to manage a lot of these projects and help with the real estate side. So we're doing a lot of of business focusing on investments into Orlando, for example, where a lot of foreign investors naturally want to invest. I mean, everybody knows Disney and there's some great opportunities there, even for you, Aaron, if you have clients, because it's very lucrative for other realtors to refer clients. And you can get nice referral fees because the percentages are high. So you're not looking at, you know, a few 
couple hundred bucks. You're looking at a few thousand dollars and all you're doing is saying, hey, Lauren, I have a client from Chicago. They want to get out of the winter here. Give them an option. So it's a beautiful thing to be in Florida, to be in the place where nine out of 10, maybe eight out of 10 foreign investors want to come for obvious reasons. There's sunshine, there's beaches, there's Disney. And so it just fits together. And and social media is an ever-changing. You can't, it's not static. You have to always be willing to be flexible and adjust and do split testing. And my team, like my, I have um, my, my main admin virtual assistant is in Morocco and my main social media virtual assistant is in India. She's actually part of my EXP team as well. She's licensed realtor. So we just build these, we're, we're very collaborative. I have an amazing digital marketing person who's helped make a huge difference and I have to give her a testimonial today. So it's just about finding those people. And believe me, it doesn't come easy. Don't think your first person is going to be the right person. Be willing to fail. Absolutely. Right? I mean, I think being willing to fail is... <laughs> failure is just something that you learn from and it builds you to your next you know, your next project. I, I personally, myself, yeah. you know, I had a podcast before this that I'll probably do episodes again at some point. And I did Facebook Live before for real estate. You know, it's it's like it's always you're growing, you're changing, you're learning from it. And it's how to engage with that public audience. I think that's what's what's important to really to take a look at. So and you you mentioned before that, like you have people that are like just dying to get out of, of different countries and come to the U.S. Do you think it's because they are they they want the economic opportunity or don't want to be locked down again? Because I think that's a contentious it's issue. A little both, but it's more yeah. the latter. It's definitely more the latter, especially coming to Florida and places that are more open. Okay, like Arizona and Texas. Like a lot of my clients go to to all these places. So the reality is that for for Canadians, they're frustrated with a lot of different things. And I'm not going to say anything negative about Canada. It's my home country. I'm not going to say anything negative about Prime Minister Trudeau because, you know, I don't vote in Canada anymore. Don't tell anybody that. But I don't. So he, you know, people have differences of opinions and they've become very, very, very strongly like outspoken about it. Like yesterday I had somebody ask me if she could get asylum from Canada. And I'm like, I don't really think that's a possibility. Asylum from Canada. Um, uh, she says political persecution. I'm like, um, okay. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's not the first. It's not going to be the last. But the reality is that's not going to happen. You just you don't agree with the politics, fine. But that's not political persecution, right. right? So, but Canadians are frustrated, and not all of them are coming for those reasons. I would say half of my Canadian clients are coming because they're done. They're fed up. They don't want to be locked down. And they also don't want to deal with the cold and the lockdown. They figure if they're going to suffer through this garbage, we may as well be somewhere warm and sunny. And the other half are looking for opportunity. Okay, now, up until recently, that second half was always my client. Those ones, those clients that are looking for opportunity, have a little bit of money, want to invest in the U.S. and build their build a life for their, their families. My cross-border accountant did that. He did not come here. He he started doing his E2 long before COVID happened. And he was delayed because of COVID because there were no interviews. And he's here. We found him a house. He closed on about a month ago. His kids are going to school here. He's very, very happy running his cross-border business from here now. And that's more of the client I used to work with. But, you know, 
it's all about supply and mm-hmm. demand, right? Yeah. I mean, do you see a lot of people moving also, you know, let's say within the United States to Florida because they want to get out of yeah. places like Illinois? The way that we've handled COVID here is a little different than how Florida has. <laughs> So it's been, my son goes to private school and I think we had a hundred new families over the summer. Okay. In a 400 family school. And I'd say two thirds, if not more of them were from New Jersey, New York. And the other third was from like California, Canada, like Illinois, whatever. But for the most part, we've had a huge migration because also people are now remote, working remotely. So they figure, I don't need to be in the cold. I don't need to take the subway anymore. Let's be in Florida. Right? <laughs> so the housing prices have gone completely mad, literally mad. Wow. No, it's, it's really interesting. I look at it personally here. I'm in Chicago. It's cold. Well, actually, today it's in the 60s. Um, in the middle of December, we're recording oh, this. Not that's bad. not bad. You can't complain about that. But I'm no going way. to Naples, Florida next week. And my wife's parents are going to be there. And a lot of her family are there. They're all from Detroit. So you have all these people from Michigan who have, you know, are now down in Florida. I know a lot of other people from Chicagoland area who have a second home in, in Florida, you know, different places throughout. Yep. And, you know, they don't want to have to pay income tax. They don't necessarily... Some people do want more restrictions with COVID. And, you know, you could certainly yeah. understand from both sides. I mean... This is a scary disease. But on the other hand, it's it's nice to be able to have the option of being outside if you want to do things. And, you know, I think that it, it it probably does make sense for a lot of people who are moving internationally. Are they doing a lot of things in order to get people to invest? Are there a lot of different programs for foreign direct investment within Florida? Absolutely. I mean, we, I was just on a, a call yesterday with the Miami Beach Chamber talking about all like talking about international real estate and demand and and bringing more people in from other countries and absolutely i mean florida's always at the at the tip of that right because we're always bringing people in from south america and all yeah. over the world but right now it's definitely uh, at its height for sure so um it's an interesting time to be here orlando is going crazy they're building new construction like never before I mean, that city is always happening, but now it's happening like double time. And, you know, you can buy new construction there. Here in South Florida, there's some new construction. There's not a huge amount because there's not a lot of land, you know, whereas in Central Florida, there's more land. So it's all about figuring out, like, I have a lot of clients that are going to Southwest Florida, Naples, Tampa, Fort Myers, and even Tampa, Sarasota, um, St. Petersburg, Orlando, all, all over in not all my clients move to Florida. I have clients that are moving many, many, many places. I have one client that's moving to Michigan. Yeah. That's where her daughter's in school. So there you go. And now that, you know, that's less common these days because if they're going to leave Canada, for the most part, they're going to be going yeah. to the warmth. Not all, but mo- mostly. But still, the visa doesn't require you to live in a specific place. It allows you flexibility to live and do wherever. Do other countries have similar programs and can you help with outbound? They do. There's like Malaysia and Singapore and Australia have immigration through investment programs. Even Canada has a program, but but they're all, you know, they all are based on different things. There's even some like Grenada and um, Turkey that have immigration through investment programs that allow you to then springboard into the U.S. if you're from a country like China or Brazil that does not have a treaty for the lower-end visas with the U.S. So 
it's all about strategy. It is about strategy. Now, in terms of strategy, we look at COVID and the pandemic and it continually changes changes. So, you know, we thought it was over in the spring and it's it, <laughs> not. It's not over. I'm, how long has it been, Aaron? I mean, you know, I talked to you about this. I'm suffering now four months. My throat is killing me as we're talking here. Four months post. So I was vaccinated in April. I got COVID August around 12th. So it's four months later and I'm still suffering literally every hour of every day. I'm sorry that you are. Uh, it's Thank you. It's, it's awful. It's awful. It's, and, and there's nothing that can be done. I've been to, I'm waiting to go to a laryngologist. Hopefully I can get some relief there. I'm working with a voice coach. I mean, could somebody said to me, are you becoming a singer? I go, no, I just want to be yeah, able to talk. You know, a singer. <laughs> That's hysterical. That's my next thing. So if you see that, you'll know I've gone completely yeah. mad. We'll, okay. we'll blame it on long COVID. <laughs> exactly. She became a singer. She used to be a speaker. <laughs> now she's a singer. She's the worst awful voice ever, but she's a well, singer. Well, at least you could add it to your, uh, your, your list, your resume there. Repertoire. There you go. But where do you think uh, this is going? I mean, you've got, you hear from a lot of people from around the world. You see people coming in and investing in the United States, and you're helping people with setting up businesses, and things are constantly changing. Where do you think the the next opportunity is? What do you think we should be planning for? You have to be looking at global investment. It can't just be one way. It has to be global and diversifying your portfolio and making sure that you can join venture, but you need to have real estate as part of your portfolio and real estate in multiple jurisdictions, not just in Florida or, or Chicago or France or Israel or whatever. But being having that diversified portfolio because COVID and everything else that comes our way affects different countries and different places in different ways. So I think that this has shown us that the world is really small and you can invest virtually pretty much everywhere, anywhere. You don't need to be in that place to invest. You can find closing coordinators and everything like that. And there's also, you know, opportunities to collaborate with people that are already there that have a that have a baseline and already have some kind of a portfolio or connections. Don't ever look for connections yourself. Always go to people like Aaron and I who have the connections and have vetted the connections because at the end of the day, you need that accountability. People are not going to be as responsive to you without that kind of broker, so to speak, in between to make sure that you are doing things the right way and nobody is messing with you because they do. They could easily mess with you. I think that's extremely important. It's one of the main reasons for this podcast. I want people to be able to go and be able to make investments somewhere else or come into the US and know who the trusted resources are. Now, people, you have connections also with people all around the world, including lawyers and people who can set up businesses. I mean, your podcast is fantastic where you have, you're welcome. I mean, it's such a a wealth of information. Where can people find that? What are the names of these different places? What's your websites? You've got a lot of different things. I will have it in the show notes, but just so people listening. Generally speaking, everything that I'm branded or that's branded around me is branded with investing across borders. Okay. So my new website will actually be investingacrossborders.net. I'm hoping that will launch before the end of the year and that will consolidate everything that I have out there, like real estate across borders, eCouncil Global, Lauren ESQ, which is my podcast site. Podcast is called Investing Across Borders. You can find it anywhere 
You can join my Facebook group, which is called Investing Across Borders for Canadians and Everybody Else. And the reason we did that is because we obviously wanted to attract the target, the Canadians. I also have a podcast, sorry, a Facebook page, Investing Across Borders, and a new LinkedIn page that we're launching called, I guess you can guess, Investing Across Borders. So at the end of the day, that's really what it's all about. My tagline is helping you navigate a path to invest, live, work, and play across borders. And if you can't find me, I'm pretty big on LinkedIn too. Actually, I think that's where you reached out to me. Yeah, we're very very proficient um, on LinkedIn and we've been doing that for a long while. And I just did a LinkedIn Live and I'll bring you on LinkedIn Live one time because it took me a long time to get that. But I don't love the platform that they use because you can't go on LinkedIn Live from Zoom. And I'm a Zoom person because I like my virtual background. But anyway, so you can find me anywhere. And it's Lauren Cohen, C-O-H-E-N. And you'll see my fancy background with the little globe with the colors and investing across borders. And we'll know and it's you. And then, thank you and then we'll find you, you uh, for your next live concert as well. <laughs> yes, of course. For sure. When that happens, come, please come and rescue me because obviously I need to be put in some kind of home. Okay. Well, so maybe it's something. So, and listen, if I, I don't know when, when this goes live, but I will wish everybody happy holidays and happy new year and especially you. You know, I feel like you're my yeah. new buddy, even though we haven't met in person. And that's what COVID has done for us all is given us the opportunity to build these amazing relationships with people. And it's really incredible. And some of the people that yeah. you meet, and it's like, wow, like it just mag- magnifies well, I've, it. I've said to somebody recently that I've, I've met the most amazing people in the world over the past two years in my basement. <laughs> I do, do not have a basement. There are no basements in Florida. I wish I had a basement. But yes. So well, that's, that, that's a little thank different. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. And, you know, everyone, please reach out. But and then if you want to listen to the episode that Lauren interviewed me, uh, go and listen on the podcast. The 22nd of December, and it's also on my YouTube channel, Investing Across Borders. <laughs> That's right, Investing Across Borders. Lauren, thank you so much, and thank have you. a great day. Thanks, Eric. Happy New Year. Thank you.